Fran fam, what's going on? Listen, before we start this podcast episode, I have a very, very small favor to ask of each and every single one of you guys. I appreciate the support that all of you have been showing for the podcast up until this point, but we want to try and get these episodes out to as many people as possible. And how we do that on the audio side is by leaving a review and dropping a five-star rating. So if you've been a consistent listener of the pod, please, before we get this episode started, it only takes a couple of seconds, leave a review. It could be a two-word, three-word, four-word review or just leave a rating do something to get the word out so that we can get the marvin francois show to more listeners moving forward outside of that love you guys appreciate the support but without further ado let's get into this episode what's going on you guys marvin francois here and today is a very special day because i have none other the man the myth the legend himself mr Doreen DeLevante, how you doing, my brother? What's going on, sir? Listen. It's better now that I'm speaking to you. I How's love everything it. going? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. Good, I'm highly good, favored. Good. I'm excited to have you here. And I know everyone who's watching this is excited to have you here. And we're super excited to get into any and everything that we're about to tap into um, in this sit-down. Everybody knows when me and you come together, it's fireworks. Fire. When me, when me and you come together, it's explosion. It's it's Let's it's go. You know, you I, I'm I'm starting to get to a point where is is there such a thing as too much game? Because I feel like we we get in there, brother. Like every time you come, it's just game on top. Of game if you on. can't give your best for free, you don't know enough. He's getting started already. I we we haven't even officially started the video yet. He's already getting started already. Listen, are you excited? Always. Are you are you ready to get this going? Bro, let's go, bro. Let's get it rocking and rolling. Listen, for anybody who's never been here before, you know, me and Mr. Durain have done several videos where we've broken down everything from credit repair to consumer law mm -hmm. to how to deal with debt collectors. And this episode is only going to get bigger and better than it's ever been before. But if you haven't been here before, let me let you know from now. Get a pen and get you a paper because <laughs> it's about to get crazy. Without further ado. Let's get it rocking and rolling, man. Let's go, my brother. So first things first, man, I had to have you back on here because, like I said before, every single um, you know video that we've done together, every sit-down that we've done together has been absolutely sensational, right? And there have been a lot of updates. There are a lot of been things that have been going on within the world of consumer law, within the world of the credit repair. And I, mm -hmm. I'd be remiss if I didn't bring you on here to, once again, continue to educate and update the people on not only what's going on, but more importantly, how to deal with it. Absolutely. So, you know, let, let's get right into it, right? Because, as you know, when it comes to the world of credit repair, you know, you and I know that, it, you know, credit repair is more than just 609 letters and, mm -hmm. you know, 24-hour uh, 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 inquiry hacks, right? Mm -hmm. um, especially when we get into, like, the laws and the nitty-gritty of all those other things. So, you know, people know about the FCRA. People probably even know about the CROA. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, FDCPA, right? So could you talk a little bit about what exactly, for the people who don't know, what exactly is the FDCPA and why is it so important for us as consumers to know about it? All right. So the FDCPA is the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. And you'd be surprised that there's a lot of credit repair business owners that don't know the laws are changed. Mm -hmm. So November 30th of 2021, the new Regulation F, or FDCPA, mm -hmm. right, or 12 CFR 1006, mm -hmm. um, the rules for debt collection has changed. But not only that, some states specifically mm -hmm. changed their debt collection rules too. Like, for mm -hmm. instance, New York. Mm -hmm. the, F, the FDCPA was a foundation, mm -hmm. but New York took its own spin, and New York has its own Debt collection laws is called Consumer Credit Fairness Act. Okay, hold on, now, hold on. Don't say it. So, so remember, people might, might be taking notes. Say that again. Say it slow so that okay. I can write it down. Consumer mm -hmm. Credit Fairness Act, CCFA. Okay. It's unique to New uh, to New York. 
Okay. Other states might have adopted similar laws, mm -hmm. but I can speak to New York because I'm in New York. Right. So a lot has changed in the arena, mm -hmm. and I want everybody to know that the game has changed and it's more consumer friendly. Got you, got you, got you. Now, as it pertains to the FDCPA, I've been doing a little bit of research into it, and from what I'm hearing, there are some new rules in place. There are some changes that have taken place. And, you know, you talk about this religiously. It's extremely important for us as consumers to stay educated about anything and everything that's taken place with consumer law so that we can protect ourselves and that we can know our rights and protect those rights. Talk a little bit about what some of these changes are, what are some of these new rules are within the FDCPA and how they affect us as consumers and our consumer report moving forward. So a lot has changed. There's a lot of stuff in the old laws. All right. You remember once upon a time we were told that um, police officers were debt collectors? Mm -hmm. Well, that's not the case anymore. Mm. They are the definition is specifically there now that excludes them mm -hmm. because now it's in their official duty. Mm. So okay. it, it excludes them from being labeled a debt collector. Um, we had eight definitions before. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not the case anymore. Mm -hmm. There's 12 or 13. And the word consumer now includes living or deceased person. That was not in the one before. It was just a natural person. Okay. So as we go into debt and consumer goods mm -hmm. and it's just there's so much information now that everything I knew from the old law, mm -hmm. I have to throw that away and I have to learn the new laws because with the new laws, the new definitions, there's different ways now to operate and different types of letter. So the context in the content that you're sending out now has mm -hmm. changed and that is why 609 letters won't work. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Interesting. So if, if somebody's using 609 letter, what 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 are, if you were to tell them, okay, you know what, what, what throw, throw the 609 letter in the trash. That's not going to get you what you're looking for. What are some different ways, I guess, that they could go about, you know, disputing outside of that? Um, They need to read first. Mm -hmm. 12 CFR. Oh, we, we got, we got. Oh, not you, not you, okay, them. Gotcha. So if someone's still using 609 letters, they need to stop using the 609 letters. Go to 12 CFR 1006 mm -hmm. and read the whole law. So what, what exactly is, what does CFR stand for? What exactly um, Code of Federal, uh, Code of Federal Regulations. Okay, got you. Now why that, why that law, why that, why that exact, I don't know if it's a statute or whatever, mm -hmm. be, why that in particular? So I like to get the information from the source. Okay. So if I go to 15 U.S.C. 1692, it's going to bring me to like the Legal Institute or Cornell Law. Mm -hmm. Well, I checked that last night. Mm -hmm. It's not updated with the new laws. Mm -hmm. So I want to go straight to the CFPB website. Mm -hmm. So when I type in 12 CFR 1006, mm -hmm. it's going to bring me to, this, um, to the CFPB website. Mm -hmm. They cannot say it's not their own words. Mm -hmm. You have it on your website. Mm. So if I send something in now, you cannot tell me I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is where I took information from, straight off the CFPB website. So it's either you're saying that they're lying or you're lying. Right. I know it ain't me, though. Mm -hmm. Somebody's lying. So I like to get the information straight from the source. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, let, let's let's talk a little bit about um, one thing that we've talked about uh, on previous sit-downs is uh, debt validation, mm -hmm. right? When it comes to debt validation, um, the process of that, from what I'm hearing, has also gone through uh, some changes as well. 
right? Could you talk a little bit more for anybody who's looking on, on better and more efficient ways to deal with their debt moving forward about some of these new changes, how they affect them as consumers, and ways to get around it? All right. So let's 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 unpack all of that because you just said a lot. Mm-hmm. Debt validation. I personally have sent letters out before, and all I got was validated. Right. Or verified. Right. Or they sent me a statement or a bill. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not proper debt validation. Mm -hmm. See, even though it was improper debt validation with the old law, now the law is very specific on what needs to be sent to the consumer. Mm -hmm. When the consumer sends a notice for validation of debt, there are specific things Mm -hmm. that must be sent back to the consumer. Mm -hmm. But you don't know what you don't know. And when you don't know the things that you don't know, they send anything to you. Mm -hmm. And if you now don't know how to enforce what the new debt validation section is saying, you're going to be discouraged. I've seen it. I've seen many people discouraged after their first round and second round, and all they got was verified, validated, with no explanation, nothing else. Right. I've seen it many times. How many times have you seen it? <laughs> Too many times to count. And what happens as a result of that? You get discouraged. And 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 then what that leads to? You just stop disputing on your behalf. And then what that leads to? Now you're stuck with bad credit. You see, it's Boom. it's it's yeah. it's by design. People with bad credit pay higher interest rate. Like, let's look at it from a different vantage point. Mm -hmm. People look at it from just, um, oh, you know, I got bad credit. No. You pay almost triple the interest rate everybody else pays. Mm -hmm. So that one thing, we're going to finance this bottle of water, right? Mm -hmm. I got an 800, you got a 500. Mm -hmm. I'm paying 2% on this. You are paying 26%. Right. Who do you think they're going to make the most money off? Oh, me, of course. So why are they incentivized to even do anything for you? Right. They're not. So as consumers, you have to take your power back in your own hands. Mm -hmm. Because who got your best interest at heart more than you? After God, nobody. My point exactly. There you go. Okay, so now for for the people that are watching this, right, because one thing that you talked about, verified, and when you're in the process, anybody who's familiar with doing the the process of credit credit repair, you know, um, especially if you're just starting out, you're very familiar with getting those letters back from Equifax, from Experian, from TransUnion, and, you know, for those negative items that you're disputing on, Mm -hmm. majority of them, if you're not properly educated on Mm -hmm. how to dispute dispute them the right way, they do come back as verified. Mm -hmm. First round, second round, third, Mm -hmm. fourth, fifth, sixth, and beyond round to the point where you just throw your hands up, you're like, you know what, I'm done. This ain't gonna work. I'm gonna just ride this out for seven years, five years, however long it takes for it to fall off. And then, you know, we just figure it out from there. And then from there, like you said, now if they want to go finance a car, they're getting crazy interest rates. If they want to go get a new house, crazy interest rates. Life with bad credit is expensive. As expensive can be. You being... Let's go back a little bit. You made some some great points earlier, and I don't want to skip over this. No, it's cool. What if I told you a lot of people are disputing the wrong way? That is why they're not getting the results. Okay. So, okay. Say Say that again. All right. So when it comes to debt collection and other accounts, mm-hmm. what's the first place people dispute? Collection, uh, collection accounts or? Mm-hmm. Like where do they go to send their disputes? Oh, they send it to Experian TransUnion Equifax. But what if I said they're sending it to the wrong persons? What are you talking about? What, 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 what are you trying to get on? Let me sit up. Hold on. Let me sit up. Let me sit up. Let me... All right. <clears throat> I want you all to think for me. 
Got you. Where does TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian get the information from? From the creditors or, or, or excuse me, whatever data furnishers are out there. Yeah. Data furnishers. Yeah. So who's furnishing the negative information? Mm-hmm. Whatever the creditors. So if we pull the consumer report, mm-hmm. we're going to see who listed the item on the consumer report. Mm-hmm. Why are you wasting time going against billion-dollar companies that has the money and the resources to fight right. and to delay the process? Right. It's one of the reasons why TransUnion is in hot water right now, but we'll leave that for another story. <laughs> why not go to the collection company directly? Boom. There you go. Yeah. So now, if I know that you're spreading rumors on me, mm-hmm. I don't need to go see your dad or your mom. I'm going to pull up on you, yeah. put some respect on my name. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm going to go pull up. So they keep sending. And it's not that you're doing something wrong. It's just that you don't have all the information. Right. So I don't want anybody to think that you're doing anything wrong. Thanks. It's just an incomplete process. And the reason why you get these cookie-cutter responses is because you just don't have all the information. Right. And this is why I'm here. This is why we're here, so we can give you that information. So if you go directly to the collections company, Mm -hmm. these debt buyers, Mm -hmm. this is where you're going to increase your chances of Mm -hmm. getting the deletion. Because, you see, when you do a proper validation of debt, Mm-hmm. In 30 days, if they cannot produce everything the law says you're supposed to produce and all the disclosures by law, mm-hmm. this must be deleted. Mm-hmm. So what? That this is why I get so much success. I don't waste time with Experian, Trans- Equifax. Yeah. No, they get the information from somewhere. I am going to that somewhere. Go to the source. Go to the source. So now, if somebody's watching this and they're like, "Okay, I hear you. You on here? You talking hot? You talking spicy? I'm gonna just let me let me throw these six oh nine letters to the side. Let me throw these FTC reports to the side. I'm I'm gonna do it the Durain de Levante way. I'm gonna do it the consumer law mastery way. Right? Mm-hmm. If somebody, if you're holding somebody's hand step by step through the process of disputing on negative accounts like this, like like a collections account, right? Mm-hmm. What what would be the step by step process that you would give them to say okay this is the absolute best way to go about deleting with this collection that you have on your credit report? The first thing I'm going to say is you need to unlearn everything you think you know about credit. I just want you to put it in a bag, just mm-hmm. tie it up, mm-hmm. and just leave it where it's at. Then I want you to enroll in the Consumer Law Secrets University where I teach this. Mm-hmm. So we're going to break down the whole process now. So now once you come in, we're going to be like this. All right, cool. What do you want to do? What's the account that's holding you back? Mm -hmm. So now if we're talking about a collections account, Mm -hmm. now we're going to talk about, okay, what are you going to send? Mm -hmm. So it's a story, right? It's not that you're saying something is not yours. Mm -hmm. It's not that you're saying this account has the same name as somebody else. We're not doing none of that. Mm -hmm. We're talking about straight laws, straight facts. Mm The law says this, 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 and this, right? For instance, you send me a correspondence, right? And when I say correspondence, ladies and gentlemen, I mean something in the mail. You send me something in the mail, Mm -hmm. and I look at it, but then I throw it away. Because if it's out of sight, out of mind, it won't affect me. Well, what you just did was your silence is your acquiescence. So when you don't respond, a debt collector can assume Mm -hmm that you got it because you'd never rebut it. Mm -hmm. 
How many people you know do this? I know a lot of people that do it. They'll say it, but they don't respond. They throw it away. Mm -hmm. You need to respond. And you're going to respond with a validation of debt letter. Mm -hmm. This is why we're here. Because this process requires them by law now to produce specific things. Some of these debt collectors don't even have the legal right mm -hmm. to collect. Some of them are banned from collecting. Some of them are even collecting on debt over the statute of limitations. Mm -hmm. And they're threatening to sue people on debts that is over the statute of limitations. But you don't know the things you don't know, mm -hmm. and then consumers pay. And then now they just lost three to $5,000 on something. So they paid a dollar on a dollar on an item that a debt collector paid 20 cents, five cents on a dollar for. It's not fair at all. It's not. Mm, 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 okay. So you had made mention about a validation of debt letter. Do you do you believe that in today's, uh, in, in the dispute flow, let's say you're going about a dispute flow of trying to get uh, collections removed, do you believe that validation of debt letters still in this present moment time actually do work? Absolutely, 100%. Okay. So for somebody that may, maybe they have a templated letter that they've been using, is it, Maybe they haven't been having success with it because of, I guess, whatever laws that are being referenced in the context. Okay. It might be missing context. Okay. And when I say context, it is missing their language. The law is their language. Why would you want to send something that is not their language? Mm -hmm. It's like you speak in Mandarin and I'm sending you correspondences in Spanish. That mm -hmm. don't make no sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Speak to them using their own language. They cannot deny their own language. Mm. So what would you what would you say that language is? Because I know usually we reference different like laws and things like that. If there was one law in particular that you would have to use as a point of reference. So when we talk about debt validation now, mm -hmm. why not learn what Congress is saying from the vantage point, or should I say, from the point of view where debt validation information is? Mm -hmm. So this is where we go to now 12 CFR mm. 1006.34. Right. There you go. And that's, I believe, on the CFPB. But, uh, straight from the... Remember I told you earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight from the, the source. The notice for validation of debt. Yep. That's you. Okay. So from there, what do you, you want to start from... Uh, the first point I'm seeing now, I have it pulled up here. And just to mm -hmm. say one more time for the people, it's 12, CS, 12 CFR. Mm -hmm. 1006.34. Now, when you look it up, there's going to be two links for it, right? So there's mm -hmm. one link for the Cornell website and there's another link for the CFPB. You're saying go straight CFPB, to the CFPB website. do not go to Cornell. For the simple fact that mm -hmm. it's not updated yet. Cornell was good for the old law. But now there's new, new updates. So, okay, so once again, for the people that are watching, if you're going to do some research and studying into this law, it's mm -hmm. better to go into the CFPB website. Absolutely. Because this is the website with the updates that they're going to need to know how to properly, you know, go about disputing mm -hmm. on the debt that's on their credit report. So 12 CFR 1006.34, uh, mm -hmm. I see notice for validation of debts. Now, the first point here that I'm seeing is validation information mm -hmm. required. Do you want me to read that or do you want to break oh, that? Oh, go ahead. So the first one is, in general, except as provided in paragraph A2 of this section, a debt collector must provide a consumer with the validation information required by paragraph C of this section either. Keep going or stop. Words. A debt collector must provide mm -hmm. a consumer with the validation information. Mm -hmm. So it says go down to C, right? Yes, sir. So we scroll down to C. So what is C saying? Validation information. 
So when you scroll down to C, C is saying validation information. Right. Person to paragraph A, one of this section, a debt collector must provide the following validation information. Mm -hmm. One, the debt collector communication disclosure. So when you send out a debt validation notice to them, mm -hmm. they must include in that correspondence a debt collector communication disclosure. So now, so slow that down now. What exactly? Because <laughs> we gotta, we want to make sure we break. We want to make this so easy a fifth grader can understand it. What exactly is a debt collector communication disclosure? Break that down for us. All right. So the great thing I like about this law and on the CFPB website is, I don't have to assume what the interpretation is. Mm -hmm. It's already there. So if you look right beneath it, it's gonna say what official <laughs> interpretation. So just click it. Yep. So when we, remember I told you that they have to send you so much things? Mm -hmm. I want you to click that for me. The official interpretation. Yes, click All right, it. I'm here. And you're going to see the amount of stuff they got to send you. you want, do I want me to read it? Or? I mean, it's, it's your show. We got time. <laughs> we it's a lot of stuff. Right. This is how we get the deletion. They don't have all the information. Mm -hmm. It's not some of the information. They must provide all all the information so we could go through i mean how fast can you read i can read i run through let's the entire go, thing. let's get it let's section <laughs> section 1006.34 c1 provides that valid and stop me when you want to okay provides that validation information includes the statement required by 100 uh 1006.18 e section 1006.18 e1 requires a debt collector to disclose its initial communication that the debt collector is attempting to collect a debt that any information obtained will be used for that purpose. Section 1006.18e2 requires that a debt collector to disclose in each subsequent communication that the communication is from a debt collector. Okay. A, de a, a debt collector who provides a validation notice as described in 100634A1IA complies with 100634C1 by providing on the validation notice the disclosure required by 1006-18E1, a debt collector who provides a validation notice as described in 1006-34-A1-IB complies with 1006-34-C1 by providing either the disclosure required by 1006-18E1 or the disclosure required by 1006-18E2. The following example is... So you can stop now, right? Talk to me. No, do the example, and then we're going to stop. Do the example. I think that's important. Do the example. ABC Debt Collector, mm -hmm. and this is the example, has an initial communication with the consumer by telephone. Within five days of that initial communication, ABC Debt Collector sends the consumer a validation notice using model form B1 in Appendix B to this part. ABC Debt Collector has compiled with 1006.34C1 even though model form B1 includes the disclosure described in 1006.18E1 rather than the disclosure described in 1006.18E2. Why did I make you read all of that stuff that sounded like Spanish to a lot of people? So that we can understand what's supposed to be disclosed to us. So it, that's my point. Mm -hmm. See, they are not taking the time out to learn the stuff. Debt collectors I'm talking about. Right. Right. So they have to, there's a form in Appendix B that must be filled out and sent in addition to everything that they sent, all the subsequent disclosures, mm -hmm. everything that they said are <coughs> ways that they use to communicate to the consumer must be listed. So if I do a validation of debt, right? Mm -hmm. And then you, 
I, the debt collector, send you uh, a bill based on what you just read, is that a debt validation response? It doesn't sound like it. But how many people receive a bill, right. a statement, right. a screenshot of right. an account, and then they're saying it's validated, right. and then they give up? You're just missing the information. Do you comprehend? And uh, we just touched one section. Oh, yeah, let's get, we're going to get into it. We didn't go and everything there. Right. Like, so if information is missing where the consumers are concerned, mm -hmm. do you see how these companies use ignorance mm -hmm. to do unfair debt collection practices? Right. So, on previous interviews, I've looked at some of the comments, and I see a lot of people saying a lot of stuff. And even though there's some negative comments there, mm -hmm. my thing is this. Well, if you're going to do a negative comment, why don't you come on here and teach the people what you know? Mm -hmm. So, what am I getting at? We need to be sharing and teaching the information. Mm -hmm. Marvin, there's no way I can teach and serve everybody. It's not possible. Mm -hmm. You cannot do it. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to. But there's no way you'll be able to do yeah, it. Yeah, right. So as a group, everybody in the consumer law space, everybody in the credit repair space, mm -hmm. we have a moral obligation and a, fid a, a fiduciary duty mm -hmm. to bring this information to everybody that we serve. Mm -hmm. I, that's what I think. Mm -hmm. And it's through the information and the renewing of the mind mm -hmm. that we will have more educated consumers that can take their power back. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, one, th one thing I love about bringing you on here is that when, we, when, when I bring you on here, we really get nitty as nitty gritty as possible into the laws, right? We really break down the laws. We're here in 12 CFR 1006.34, the notes for validation of debts. And I'm looking, it's a lot of stuff here. And I want to mm -hmm. break down some of the things that are here for, you know, because now what's going to happen is people are watching this while they're watching this are going to be reading through the laws. Absolutely. So, I mean, while I have you here, I might as well get, get more information on some of these things. I'm seeing something here. Talk to me a little bit more about, I see something here that says clear and conspicuous. Could you talk to me a little bit more about what clear and conspicuous right. is? Do you so, want me to read it first? Yeah, let's read it and then let's unpack it. So clear and conspicuous. This is 100634. This is under B, definitions, right? Number one, clear and conspicuous. So for clear and conspicuous, it says means readily understandable. Mm -hmm. So in the case of written and electronic disclosures, the location and type size also must be readily noticeable and legible to consumers. Although no minimum type size is mandated, uh, in the case of oral disclosures, the disclosures also must be given at a volume and speed sufficient for the consumer to hear and comprehend them. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to read initial communication? Oh no, we'll get to, we'll get to that after. But but clear and conspicuous. That's it. So no hidden messages. If the message or the communication mm -hmm. is beyond the consumer's comprehension, you did not suffice the section of clear and conspicuous. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been to an auction? I've no, I haven't. Have you ever heard how they speak though? 25, that is not clear and conspicuous. Right, right. The information must be at a level. Mm -hmm. It didn't say it, but you need a, a fifth grader to be able to understand it. Okay. So if the writing is so fine that I have to get a microscope to read it, mm -hmm. that is not clear and conspicuous. Mm -hmm. So even though it didn't say that there's a specific font that must be used, mm -hmm. if it's not clear and conspicuous to me, it's not clear and conspicuous. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? 
they didn't do what they're supposed to do under the law. Mm-hmm. It's all about the way you think. Oh, I couldn't read it. Well, that means it wasn't clear and conspicuous. It's in violation. Go make your case. Right. So when we think a lot of things are working against us, mm-hmm. they're actually working for us. We just are not thinking in the capacity to have it work for us. Boom. There you go. Okay. So this is this is another great reference too. So now, I mean, once again, we here. I, w- I want to get into all these different things. Now, this 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 next point that I wanted to touch on is actually very interesting because you from New York, I'm from New York. We deal with a lot of multilingual people. Mm-hmm. I'm looking through the slow. I see something here that says Spanish language translation disclosure. Mm. Let me make sure. I, I think I scrolled past. Let me get back down here. Where is it at? If you're able to find it before I am, let me know. The Spanish language translation disclosure. And this is still under 12 CFR 1006. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you scroll down to the bottom... It's going to be at... Um, Let me know where... Oh, I see it. See, see it? Yeah. yeah. So can I read it? Please. There because guess what? There's a lot of bilingual and multilingual right. people mm-hmm. that's watching this right now. So they need to learn this. So go ahead. So I'm seeing here, it's under it's under uh, VI, right? So the Spanish language translation disclosure. This mm-hmm. is still 12 CFR, um, 10.006.34. So it's saying either or both of the following disclosures regarding a consumer's ability to request a Spanish language translation of a validation notice. Can I read A? I mean, go ahead if you want to read all of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll just read A. So, oh, wait, wait hold on. Oh, that's in, <laughs> uh, this says the statement, and then it says something in Spanish, which means contact us to request a copy of this form in Spanish. Using wait, you read Spanish? Not ba- barely. Pongas. Wow. See, I just learned something new about you. I, barely. I, I don't know. I don't know too much of it, but. Let me let me break what down. Well, let me break down what this is saying. Talk to me <laughs> before you get tongue tied. Right. So if not everybody, English is their first language. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of Spanish-speaking people that speak more Spanish than English. Mm-hmm. So their comprehension of English is 10%, but their comprehension in their own language is 100%. Mm-hmm. So if they request a validation, a debt validation, or a notice of validation of debt in Spanish, they must respond in Spanish, or okay. in some case, they could do it in English and Spanish, but they have to send the, re- the correspondence back in the language that the consumer can. What remember what it says earlier about um, clear and conspicuous? Clear and conspicuous. Mm-hmm. So, if they send it in another language that the consumer doesn't comprehend, is that proper communication? No, no. because now we are at a communication barrier, right? So, if you're going to call yourself credit bureaus. And you're going to appoint yourself as the leading authority where you are gathering people's information and you're compiling this data. And then you're going to go over to FICO and throw it in their algorithm to spit out a credit score. Mm-hmm. Right. You should be able to meet all language criteria. Not everybody speaks English. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is this now my question is, would this only apply for Spanish speaking language or could this also go for so maybe somebody speaks Russian or somebody speaks well, Creole? I, I'm not going to say yes, because okay. looking at the law, it only references Spanish right now. OK, so I'm going to use Spanish for now until I can get more clarification. Mm-hmm. So I won't say yes. Got you. But I'm just going to stick with what's here mm-hmm. because I don't want to speak on something I don't know. Boom. There you go. I respect that. OK. OK. So. This is also another another valuable gem too. understand, you know, when we going back to clear and conspicuous and mm-hmm. everything else. Another point that I wanted to talk about here was 
let's talk about, I think there's something here in regards to safe harbor. Now, I don't know if you already have that pulled up in your... All right. So, with the safe harbor, um, let's say a consumer... First off, explain it. Break, explain what it is, and then I yeah, can that's, I, I have yeah. to explain the yeah, process, break, then I'll let you know what it is. Break it down. So, let's say you send out a debt validation on August 3rd, mm-hmm. but on August 4th, you got um, a correspondence from the debt collector, Mm -hmm. but they received the correspondence you sent August 6th, Mm -hmm. and it's a cease and desist, which means no communication, right? They are covered under the Safe Harbor Act because when they sent you the information, Mm -hmm. they didn't receive your cease and desist. Okay. So that safe harbor rule protects them. Mm-hmm. Now, the other way to look at the safe harbor is this. All right. Remember I spoke to you. Did I speak to you the last time about um, the no parking rule? No. We can, go, we can get into that too. Oh, wow. Okay. So I need to. I really need to give you all a whole breakdown. Let's go. Break wow. it down. Break it down. All right. Cool. So the no parking rule means a debt collector cannot park an alleged debt on a consumer's consumer report mm-hmm. without first contacting the consumer. Interesting. I didn't know that. But I still see um, collection account popping up on people's report mm-hmm. and they never got a communication. Mm-hmm. That right there is an automatic $1,000 mm-hmm. off the rip. Right? So what the Safe Harbor, how the Safe Harbor Act work now is, now, they get in contact with the consumer, right? Mm-hmm. Boom, Marvin, you owe this debt. All right, cool. Marvin now waited five days before sending a response, mm-hmm. right? After 14 days, if you don't, if they don't receive a rebuttal from you within 14 days, so let's say Marvin waited five days, then he sent out the mail, then they received it, on the 15th or the 16th day, mm-hmm. they can now put it on the consumer report. The Safe Harbor Act protects them because the law gave them 14 days. Mm-hmm. You procrastinated. You sent the correspondence out late. Mm-hmm. So they received it outside that 14 day. So now they can assume that you got properly served and your silence is your acquiescence. So now they're able to put it on the report. Mm-hmm. But if when they sent it to you, right, you sent it back right away, return to sender, and or you rebutted it, mm-hmm. then it's a different story. But because they had 14 days mm-hmm. and they didn't receive any communication from you till the 15th or 16th day, the safe harbor rule protects them now from that being a violation because they did it within the statute of limitation right. of the time that they're allotted to by law. That's what that means. Interesting. Okay, so now how do we as, con- I guess, consumers maneuver around that? That's a, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. You get the letter returned to sender. It never got delivered. Wait, 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 wait. All right. <laughs> yeah, explain, explain that. Explain. Okay. <laughs> if you were never served... Mm-hmm. How can they put it there? Mm-hmm. Remember, communication mm-hmm. 
must be done. So if their correspondence mm -hmm. got returned to sender, the consumer never got it. The consumer never got it means they can't put it on there. They cannot put any collections account mm -hmm. on a consumer's consumer report mm -hmm. unless they make communication with the consumer. Mm -hmm. If they never made communication with the consumer, mm -hmm. it can never go on there. Mm -hmm. Return to sender. No, that's it. One, two, three. <laughs> that's crazy. Goodness gracious. Wow. And that and that's all with also also within the, the 12 CFR, um, or is it separate from it? No, no. This is this is covered in the new debt collection rules. It's an extensive law, bro. If you think debt collection was long before, it's at least twice the length it was before. Yeah, because it was a lot. Like we we've gone through a medley of different laws, you know, on the on the Cornell website, but now you're saying that there's updates. It's more. It's way, way, way more. more. So we, we've touched on validation of information, safe harbor, clear and conspicuous, you know, debt collector communication. We've even talked about, you know, the Span Spanish language translation mm -hmm. disclosure. There are people who are watching us right now with, you know, the YouTube tab open in one section and mm -hmm. it listens to us break it down and they have the CFPB tab open mm -hmm. in another breaking it down. Are there any other key sections within the 12 CFR that you would use as a point of reference for anybody um, that's watching this? Well, there's a lot. Um... I don't want to have everybody in 12 different places. So you, I don't want you to look left and right at the same time. You won't get anywhere. You'll stand in place. Mm -hmm. So it, it comes back to one of the other reasons why I'm here, because I need to let everybody know mm -hmm. that I am doing a debt validation masterclass, mm -hmm. right? And what I'm going to be doing is I am going to break down the proper way, steps, and information mm -hmm. that is required by law 12 CFR 1006.34, mm -hmm. notice for validation of debt. You see, like it's now second nature. Right. That, that's how I want it to be for everyone. And it's not that there's something special about the rain. He's able to remember the laws like that. Mm -hmm. I trust the consumer law secrets process. Mm -hmm. The rain teaches the consumer law secrets process. So if you do the process, what do you think is going to happen? Mm -hmm. You're going to get the same results. Right. Like, success is a system. Mm -hmm. It's not you trying to figure something out. Mm -hmm. Someone's already figured it out. Just get their system. Mm -hmm. So learn the system. I built out of 800 three times. I'm working on building it out a fourth time. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the system is the same. The laws change, but the flow is the same. Mm -hmm. Don't try to fight the wave. Surf with the wave. Mm -hmm. Mm, mm, mm. Surf with it. Why would you? Oh, they change the law. I'm not going to do. Why would you want to do that? Mm -hmm. You're not going to get any results away. So what I'm saying is, what does their language say? They need to do this, 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 and this. We didn't go through everything on the validation of that. Mm -hmm. But for the short time we've been here, can you see why clients are going to get at least 90 to 95% more deletions? Mm -hmm. It requires the debt collector to produce a lot of things, mm -hmm. and they must produce this information. Mm -hmm. So if they don't produce the information, mm -hmm. that is not proper validation of debt. So if you're getting bills, mm -hmm. statements, screenshots, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that is not proper validation of debt, and this account in 30 days must be deleted. So if you want to learn how to properly dispute collections, how to properly do a debt validation, you guys need to be in the debt validation masterclass 
on May 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Like, there's no going around it. Talk a little bit more about, because you made reference to it. Talk a little bit more about what this, this, uh, I don't know if it, is it a challenge? It's a challenge. It sounds like a multiple day challenge. Talk a little bit it's about what. It's just one day. It's a master class. Talk, talk a little I'm bit I'm going to warn y'all, though. We might be there for a few hours. It might be a... When you say a few, we talk about two, two, three, because I know you can go on for like six, seven. Talk, uh, talk a little bit about what exactly this math is. eight and a half hours. Talk, talk, which is ridiculous. Talk, 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 talk a little bit about what exactly this masterclass entails. All right. Everything we just discussed. So I'm going through the whole 12 CFR 1006.34. Mm-hmm. All the sections and subsection definition and, and um, official interpretation, we are breaking all of that down. Mm-hmm. Coming out of that masterclass, you will know everything you need to know about proper validation of that. So when you, as a credit repair business owner, where you, as a consumer, mm-hmm. sends out your dispute, right, mm-hmm. and they give you a screenshot and are a bill, mm-hmm. you know what to do next. That's the problem. Excuse me. People send out the dispute. They respond. They get discouraged and they don't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that what to do next is going to be in that masterclass. That is what I'm going to teach you what comes next. Mm -hmm. And when they violate that section, how we're going to take them to civil liability. And I'm introducing something new into the Consumer Law Secrets University is called arbitration. Mm-hmm. Remember I tell you you can get paid for all of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Now I finally got the um, the coach that will be teaching how to get paid mm-hmm. for consumer law violations. So we're taking it to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is about to get insane. Bruh, it's about to get wild. Okay, okay, interesting. Now, what exactly even inspired you to want to, I mean, I, I think this goes without saying, but I was still like, what inspired you to even want to do the master class in the first place? I know you have, you know, different digital products and things like that. What was the catalyst behind even getting you to, you know, put this together? Dude, I get hundreds of emails per day. Mm-hmm. I wish I could answer all of them. Mm-hmm. The most mm-hmm. common thing that I've been asked is, Doreen, I sent out the debt validation. They sent me a bill. Doreen, they sent me a screenshot. Doreen, and I'm, I cannot respond to hundreds of emails. Right, 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 right. Like, I will never go anywhere. So I'm like, hmm, how can I deliver this information so everybody can receive it? So I'm thinking, well, if... A hundred and plus people are sending me the same thing. Mm-hmm. How about everybody else that don't know about me yet mm-hmm. that's having the same issue? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what, Doreen? I want you to do a map. This is me talking to me now. You know? <laughs> and yes, people, I talk to myself because I am my own friend. Right. right? I have many other friends, but the best counsel comes from me. I believe in me that much, and you should too. You should be your biggest fan. If you're not your biggest fan, you need to fix that. Now, what I'm saying is, how can I provide mm-hmm. the most value? Mm-hmm. Doreen, do a masterclass. Mm-hmm. Doreen, you need to call Marvin right away so Marvin can tell everybody mm-hmm. that Doreen's doing a debt validation masterclass mm-hmm. and they all need to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So below in this video, somewhere down here, mm-hmm. in the description, you will see the link mm-hmm. for you to join the Debt Validation Masterclass. Like, why would you not want to invest in yourself? Mm-hmm. It's not my consumer report. I am good. Mm-hmm. I know how to build it. But 
this is for you. I cannot respond to all of your emails. It's, if I do that, I will get nothing else done. I need y'all to be in the masterclass because if you come to the masterclass and you're able to learn this debt validation process, you can now go and teach other people. So now, guess what? You just have 10 more and you're going to send me an email saying, Doreen, I just helped 50 people and Doreen's going to say, wow. Mm. Let's go. Like that type of email. But when I have to individually respond to everybody regarding the same question, I might as well just do a class and invite all of you to come. Mm. So I am inviting all of you to come on May 20th, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are going to go to the Debt Validation Masterclass. We're going to tear that CFR apart, 1006.34. We're going to own it. Mm. I want everybody to say own it. You know what? I need to see own it in the comments. <laughs> like when I go, like this is how I'm going to know you stayed. Like I want to see own it in the comments. Mm -hmm. Own it. Own your life. Own your freedom. Own your time. Mm. Time is not money, ladies and gentlemen. Time is priceless. Mm. You cannot put money or monetary value on time, right? So get your time back. Get your power back. Get your peace of mind back. You know how important peace of mind is? Very. Extremely, yeah. No. Bro, you know, I'm going to get turned up on it. I don't want to get turned up. I haven't had my morning sip yet. Right. You know, you want I, me to get turned up, bro? Because I'll get turned up. I mean, I'm excited to see, to see this masterclass come it's together. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited to see this masterclass come together. So I would definitely, of course, encourage everybody. I you know you're invited. Of come course, on. of course. I'll definitely come be on, there. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be there. But no, we'll, we'll make sure that the link is, of course, in the description. And, and like you said, we're going to be uh, breaking down all the things that we've touched on here and more. And I guess as we get to get ready to close this thing out, do you have any final remarks that you want to say? <laughs> Belief. Mm -hmm. I've said this before. I need people to start believing that it's possible for them. Mm -hmm. You Listen, you can repair, rebuild, and restore your own credit. Mm -hmm. You can also hire someone to do it for you. Mm -hmm. Both ways are correct. You need to say mm -hmm. enough is enough and be responsible. Mm -hmm. You see, when we own our truth, mm -hmm. no one can use our truth against us. Own your truth. If you've not been paying stuff and it's in collections, guess what? It's there. But your current situation does not define your reality. Your current credit score does not define your financial situation. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. Because I had a 500. I remember. Mm -hmm. 500, bro. Crazy. The credit hero. Could you imagine? That's insane. Really. Yeah. Built to 800 three times after, though. Mm -hmm. Information changes compensation information changes situation the question is do you want to still stay in the mud or do you want to change your situation mm -hmm. so you become the iced out ceo so you become the credit hero for your family mm -hmm. your friends mm -hmm. your loved ones or are you just going to keep saying i got bad credit and i don't know what to do or are you going to just believe in yourself i know that was a lot but I just, I need people to start believing in them. Mm -hmm. You are powerful. Mm -hmm. And I know something about them that they don't even know about themselves. They all have greatness in them. Mm -hmm. They just need to bring it to the, bring it out. And there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, the credit hero, Mr. Doreen Delvante. My brother, thank you so much, of course, for coming on the platform. Always. And of course, I'm definitely looking forward to the math class May 20th. 
Uh, 7, 7 p.m. Eastern yep. Standard Time. Seven, we're in New York, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard yeah, Time. Def- yeah, we're definitely going to get it rock and roll. And, of course, everyone that tapped into the sit-down together, we, of course, appreciate you all. Don't forget to leave mm-hmm. a comment, uh, le- a like, subscribe. Own it. Remember. Put own it in the comment section. Own it in the comment. Own it in the comment section, of course. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward. I don't, I don't know when, but I know a part two is coming. A part two is definitely oh, going. we're going to get it. A part two is definitely coming. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, of course, for, uh, for tapping into the video. I'm Marvin Francois. This is Mr. Dwayne Devontae. I appreciate you. Y'all have been good. We've been great. And as always, thank you. And God bless. Peace out. Let's go.